0: Hi, and welcome back to episode six of Just Now. This podcast is going to be, how about something I'm sitting in right now, something I'm feeling right now, and that's breakups. Breakups have been a huge part of my life for the past, I want to say since I was about 21, 20, and I'm 22 now. And it's, this is going to be about the aftermath, finding you again, different types of relationships, and how they can end, why they end. So when I was 15, it was quite known that my boyfriend was an abusive asshole. Everyone hated him. Thus, everyone hated me for dating him. So by the time we broke up, I was so relieved to be free of this guy who cheated on me, sexually abused me, emotionally abused me. I was just done. And then I had a stream of awful boyfriends after that who undermined me and disrespected me and controlled me and just were overall emotionally abusive. But that is nothing, nothing compared to this heartbreak, this puppy heartbreak that led into self-destruction that happened when I was 16. So I went to an online high school for a lot of reasons, mainly because I was super depressed and couldn't go to regular school. So... I was invited to go on this field trip and it was a field trip to Europe because they, you know, go big go home. If you're going to go on a field trip with your online high school, go to Europe. So this was so out of my character. I was isolated, I was angry, I was depressed, I was anxious. I couldn't go to the grocery store without having a panic attack. And suddenly, I'm going to Europe with a group of strangers for like 10 days. I get to the airport. I see this guy in a turtleneck, a blue, like, knitted turtleneck, and he has blue eyes, and he has, like, messy, seen hair, and I thought, okay, yeah, I want something to do with this kid. So it was kind of like movie magic in the beginning. We met and instantly connected, and I really wanted to be his friend. We had talked a little bit before the trip, so I knew him and he knew me, but we didn't, like, know each other. So the entire trip, we were just kind of linked up. We're holding hands the streets of Prague. It's lightly snowing. And we're standing in a coffee house in Vienna, Vienna, Austria. And I look at him, and I get up on my tippy toes, and I kiss him. What? Who am I? I don't know. Empowered woman, maybe? So I kiss him, and it's the last day of the trip because I thought, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now. i got to do it. And I never regretted that kiss. And we ended up dating. But this relationship was a black hole. He was a pitch black maze I swore I wanted to live in. I was miserable and depressed and sad in every negative emotion. And I was addicted to it because I thought that that's what he wanted. Because he was also this, like, tortured artist with a really dark past. And I thought... That would make him seem, that would make me seem desirable. So I was so engrossed in him that I never noticed this red flag behavior. He would often talk down to me, belittle me, and try to make me feel like I was stupid, which is one of my biggest pet peeves. When someone doesn't take a moment to educate you, instead they belittle you for not knowing. And we both engaged in this negative, dark, destructive behavior. We both self-harmed and We had a lot of problems that we kind of connected on, but not in a way that we wanted to better ourselves, the way that we would ultimately meet our demise together. Very Romeo and Juliet, double suicide. So he never cared about what he had to say. He didn't like my interests. He just really didn't like me, but somehow still dated me. And then there's the breakup. So I go to Baltimore, which is where he lived, and... I meet his family and I stay with them and we have like a great few days together and then he kisses me goodbye at the airport and he tells me he loves me and I get on the plane and I'm flying back to Boston and I'm like on a high, I'm like man this is the best we're gonna be together forever, he loves me oh my god and then he doesn't speak to me for two weeks. Two whole weeks. Now. This guy was known for kind of dropping off the face of the earth for like two days to focus on painting or hours he wouldn't respond because he would be focusing on his art or he just didn't want to talk. But two weeks? So he finally calls me and I'm like, where have you been? And he's like, I've been painting. I'm like, for two weeks you've been painting? He's like, yeah, and I was uh, catching up at schoolwork. And I was like, okay, but you haven't talked to me. He's like, well, I mean, I uh, I met this girl. Okay. Yo, the, what? Yeah, I met this girl. She's really great. She's just like me. We're going to the same art summer program together. She lives near me, blah, 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 blah. She's my girlfriend now, he said. Come again? Say what? I'm sorry, huh? She's my girlfriend now. And he expected me to be happy for him. Now this was the worst time of my life. We break up and I'm so lost. I'm devastated. And the worst part is I have to see him again on another trip to Europe as if we're fine. So I spend the entire summer writing obsessively writing about him. I would allow myself 20 minutes a day to cry about him, to think about him. This was so hard for me to go through. So this started a downward spiral of negative behavior. This can happen in breakups where you kind of get the spark to self-destruct and you just keep going. For me, it might have seemed that I was being productive and healthy, but really it was a flare-up of my eating disorder, which led to exercise addiction, which is why I have a very weird relationship with food and exercise now because i become obsessed and addicted to it. So I was depressed, trying to change myself into something he'd want. Maybe if I was thinner, prettier, smarter, cooler, he'd want me. Reality check. He's just not that into me. Also, he's a douchebag. So the Europe trip happens, and the worst part is no one really knows that we broke up. Our teachers didn't know. Our parents didn't really know. So everyone expected us to be paired together. So on our two flights into Europe, I'm sat next to him. On the entire jumbo European train uh, plane, I'm sat next to my ex-boyfriend who broke my heart. Now, keep in mind, I look completely different. I went from a size 14 to a size 4. Yeah, I was obsessed. I worked out for two hours at least a day. I ate maybe 700 calories. I kept a food diary. I was obsessive. I ate the same thing every single day. I would work out for one hour in the morning, one hour at night, and then I would do yoga in the morning, and then I'd do yoga at night. I had a problem. So I look completely different, and... I am also hopped up on clonopin because there is no way I'm getting through this trip. I'm spent. I spent the trip being anxious, jealous and on a lot of anxiety pills. Might be wondering, why are you jealous? Well, so you see this guy that I was dating had broken up with the girlfriend that he had dumped me for. Woohoo! We can get back together. No, 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 no. no. Because he took a liking to this girl. That I instantly hated. She was one from a state that I didn't like. So I was like, ugh, I don't like you. You're from Texas. And then two, she had a hair color that I didn't like. (laughs) And three, she just seemed really, really fake. I felt like everything she was saying was to get people to like her. And it probably was because we were teenagers and we wanted people to like us. So he takes a liking to her and suddenly they are hooking up and I am devastated because not only do I not like this girl but she is my roommate on this trip and everyone loves her and everyone loves him and I feel so alone so I spend the trip on a lot of anxiety pills I barely remember Rome And there was one night where I was like, I got to go talk to him. I just got to talk to him. We have to figure this out. And my dear, dear friend basically pulls me away from their room when I was going to go talk to him before I could say a word, brings me downstairs. And this friend of mine is um, very, very wealthy. And he has diplomatic immunity. Like, he is a wonder. Like, it's... He's very special to me, and we had a really close bond because a lot of people would use him for his money, and I just didn't care about that. I just wanted to be a good friend to him, so he sees that I'm so struggling, and he pulls me downstairs. He has the hotel open up the closed bar. Keep in mind, we're like 17 at the time, 18 maybe. I think I was 18, and or like turning 18, Um open up the bar and we do shots together and he hugs me and he brings me to my room now because I was rooming with this girl I basically was so uncomfortable that I went to my advisors in the trip and I was like I can't room with her I need a different room so they gave me a single room that was connected to the younger girls room so I was basically watching out for the younger girls like chaperoning them but I had my own room so he tucks me into bed and he's like, you don't want to go there, just don't go there, so trip gets worse, because we're flying home, and we have two flights home, one is a really short flight, and one is like a nine hour long flight, so in the first flight, of course I'm sitting next to him, of course, because that's the way my life works, it's a fucking joke, so I'm sitting next to him, and like, he starts cuddling me, and he falls asleep on me, and I'm like, okay, well, huh, this is a this is a plot twist. Maybe, maybe we're gonna be something. Maybe we're gonna get back together. That's all I want. Something happens between the first flight and the second flight. Don't really know what. I think he found out that I was talking about the situation with a friend and he was mad that I was talking about him. Sorry, I'm talking about you on my podcast now. Um, and he asked to switch seats on the long flight. But he doesn't switch seats with anyone. Like, he could just pick literally anyone to switch seats with. We had a big group of students. He picks the girl that he had been hooking up with, who was my roommate, the girl I really didn't like, that everyone else liked. He picked her, and I had to take her seat. And there was no choice because, like, the teachers were like, well, he doesn't want to sit next to you. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So I – and this is happening as we're boarding the flight. So I get on the flight, and I look for my new seat, and it's directly, directly behind him and that girl. And, of course, it's not a seat, like, a few seats away, like a window seat. It is the seat directly behind him, so I can see in between the two seats. And I just see their arms, and their hands holding, and they're cuddling, and he's stroking her arm, and I... I lose it, like, I take so much clonopin, I'm zoinked out, I'm miserable, I'm furious, I basically, I was so depressed, and to make matters worse, I'm pretty sure I got, like, the flu afterwards, and I lost even more weight, and it was just, oh, it was so awful, so then I spent Basically a year not dating anyone. It wasn't really on purpose. I was always trying to find someone to want me because of past traumas. I had convinced myself that if someone loved me, if someone desired me, then that means I had worth. Whoa, how fucked up is that? I thought that I had to be sexy. I had to be cool. I had to be all these things and a guy Plot twist for my little queer self: a guy had to want me, and if he didn't want me, then no one would want me. That means I'm awful, and I should just die. That was my teenage brain. So, I was single until I was about nineteen. I go on a date with this guy, and it started out completely normal. We met, and we just kind of instantly clicked. And he was older than me, like four to five years older than me. He was in law school. He had his own apartment in Boston, and. Little did I know, we were both incredibly codependent, and that would ultimately lead to us to our demise. Red flags? Everywhere. He stopped letting me hang out with my friends. He made me feel super guilty. He started borrowing a lot of money from me. And keep in mind, I was basically financially independent at age 18. I still, like, lived at home, but I used all my own money for things. So he was super controlling, he would go through my phone. He wouldn't want me to talk to certain people. And then things take a turn, a really traumatic turn. So long story short, short. this guy, and I have the most toxic love, because he ends up being addicted to heroin. He did heroin for about two months, and he hid it from me completely. Now keep in mind, I was really big into social media. It always happened. It has been an outlet for me. So I... Was always posting photos of us and like us so happy and us doing things, walking through Boston, holding hands, being so in love. Oh my God. And everyone's like, Your couple goals. Oh my God. Hashtag goals. Kill me. Because then I'm like 19 years old. And I remember sitting in the hospital with him as he's going through withdrawals. And his dad tells me that I should get checked for HIV because what if he shared needles? And he's like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. And I was like, Oh my God, what is happening? I didn't know better and I thought well he's not mean and he's not abusive so I thought he was very emotionally abusive so I stayed with him I wrote him while he was in rehab I waited by the phone for him to call he ended up going to an outpatient um unit in Portland Maine and I would drive like two hours once or twice a week to see him I would take us out to do fancy dinners together. Because I would go grocery shopping with him. I would hang out with him and his um, housemates. And for Christmas, I rented out the biggest suite in a hotel, like the nicest hotel in Portland, and decorated it for Christmas. I was in love with him. And then he started ignoring me. He was going through his own shit, and he basically just stopped treating me well. Like, even when he was on heroin, he was still, like, really nice to me because he was trying to hide the fact he was on heroin. Like, he was stealing from me, using my car to pick up drugs, and um, lying to me. I'm pretty sure at one point he was cheating on me, but he acted like this nice guy who was just lost. So then I realized, you're not nice. And it happened New Year's Eve. He didn't text me Happy New Year. I remember being at a party waiting for a text, waiting for a text. I never got it. And that's when I was like, I'm done. So I broke things off with him. And we stayed friends because I I still cared about him. I still wanted him to be well. And I spent my 21st birthday with him. And the entire time we were there, I remember we were going to sleep. And he was trying to have sex with me. And I kept saying no. And he was angry with me. And I was so disgusted by that. He was angry that I didn't want to sleep with him. I told him, I'm like, I just, I don't think we're there yet. I'm sorry. Like, I don't think we're at that point. Where we can do that again. And he was mad. I remember driving home thinking, I never want to see him again. I don't want to get back together with him. We are not meant to be. We're not soulmates. We're not going to get married. We're not going to have kids. All these things that I thought at one point. And he became really obsessive. And clingy. And it was all signs that he was about to relapse. So... One night, I basically tell him to leave me alone, to fuck off. Because he was being so obsessive, so creepy. I was trying to hang out with friends. He was blowing up my phone. I was, like, at this nice dinner at, like, a preview of an opening of a restaurant with friends. And I never really went out and did cool shit because I was so nervous to do stuff without him. And I told him to leave me alone. And he, I still have the voicemail. He called me saying he was going to kill himself because of me. And he was going to relapse because of me. And it was all my fault. And I had his blood on my hands. And I felt nothing. When I tell you I did not care, I did not care. And it's not like because I'm evil and I don't care about him. It's because when I was 19 and I found out he was a heroin addict, we sat on the curb and he told me, Nellie, if I ever relapse, it's never because of you. No matter what I say, every day is a, a choice for me to do it or not do it. So I never felt guilty. I never carried that weight on my chest. I would I would be dead if I did. So he moves back to Texas where he's from. Again, me and Texas just don't get along. He moves back to Texas. We break up. And he's, like, somehow, like, still managed to stay in touch with me. And then he shows his crazy side. And it was just super toxic. While this is happening, I have this best friend. He is... So out of my league in my head, he's so handsome, he's insanely fit, and I was always super body conscious he was insanely fit, and we were best friends, like we hung out all the time, we texted, we would go places, and we I break up with this guy, and I go over to my best friend's house. We spent the entire day like watching Animal Planet cuddling, and there was always like some electricity between us like there was always something and little did I know that this guy would be capable of the worst heartbreak I've ever experienced in my life so we end up dating me my best friend for a little bit and then I realize I'm not ready for this because it feels super serious and he seems so nice and I'm not used to being so nice to me because at the end of my last relationship my boyfriend was a dick So now I have this guy who's sending me my favorite flowers at work, like two bouquets of my favorite flowers. Um, And I didn't know how to handle it. So I iced him out, and we stopped being friends for a couple months. And then we reconnected, and we met up. We started talking, and we, like, kissed in the parking lot. And it was electric, like, oh, oh, my God god it was the best feeling and because i had felt like i made a huge mistake with him so we start dating and i'm like falling in love with this kid like head over here is falling in love with him we had so many moments where i'm like my god this is insane like we had a really healthy relationship like we didn't argue but we were honest with one another we saw each other a lot and then we also had time for other things and there was this problem. He was going back to school and I didn't go to that school and I didn't know where I was going to end up. And one night I see him and we have a great time and we have one of those moments where I'm like, I'm going to remember this forever. And then the next day I say goodbye and then I never see him again. I never hear from him again. He ghosted me. Now, anyone listening out here who's been who doesn't know what ghosting is, it basically means you're breaking up with this person without breaking up with them. You just stop, cut off all contact. Now, I have never been so heartbroken in my life. I could cry just thinking about it. And it's been over a year, it's been about a year and a half. And I just remember thinking, one, I lost my best friend, and two, this is the best relationship I've ever been in. I really thought I was a good girlfriend. I was trying so hard to be this positive, happy, healthy person, make good choices, and somehow it still ends in heartache. So this is where I come into the finding you again. I spent months doing self-love, self-discovery, self-care. I tried dating. I had like a failed relationship, but I had this wall up, right? I had this wall up because of this heartbreak. And this is like my first adult heartbreak where I'm talking about it now and I, my chest aches. It just never made sense to me. So um, a lot of people think with breakups that you need to get closure. My sister said the other day she doesn't think closure exists. And I kind of believe her because this guy who broke my heart absolutely shattered it reached back out to me because I drunkenly followed him on Instagram. And we ended up having brunch together, which was actually really nice. And it was so good to see him again and talk and be friends and hang out and kind of work through everything. And there was no hard feelings. And, you know, we talked about potentially becoming good friends again if life allowed it, if time and effort allowed it. But I didn't feel like I was getting closure It felt like an open wound that someone was just kind of picking at. How could I get closure? Was it possible? Could we still be friends if I had these feelings? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. So I started doing some research on things that you can do to how to handle breakup and things that I did do and things I didn't do. So the number one thing I think you should do when you're going through a breakup, whether it's amical, horrible, crash and burn, awful breakup you're ghosted he was the love of your life he left you on your wedding day you thought you were going to be together forever whatever breakup is what they call the contact purge block them everywhere I did not do this I obsessively stalked my ex-boyfriend for months like I stalked his blog and I just wanted to see if he was talking about me and eventually he did and he did not say something nice and I was sick like I was so upset and it almost hurt more the moments that he didn't talk about me because I was like, why doesn't he care? I'm blogging about him. And all my friends were like, please get over it. You sound crazy. But I was heartbroken. It was hard. So block them everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, your phone. God, please block their phone number because I went crazy when this guy broke up with me. I So on my iMac, um, on my MacBook, I can go through my old iMessages and I, see, I send him like, maybe 15, 20 text messages over the course of the last year saying, I hope you're well, blah, blah, blah. And this guy wanted nothing to do with me. Like, I should have blocked his number. So block his number. Just stay away from social media. Take a little social media vacation because you're going to want to hop on your blog, type out all your feelings, write it in a journal, right? Just put it in a journal. Leave it there. Have a specific Breakup journal. That's what I actually did when I was 16, and that was, was the positive part of that breakup is that I started writing more. And I had a specific journal. I still have it where I wrote all of the feelings I had and the awful things I had, things I wanted to say, things I couldn't say, poems, whatever. I wrote it there. So have like a breakup journal and just stay clear of their social media for a long, long time. Because there's nothing good. So also reach out to friends. Do not, do not isolate yourself. Because chances are you probably, if it's an unhealthy relationship, isolated yourself from your friends before. Reach back out to them. Apologize. Say, I'm sorry I, I got lost in this relationship. I got lost in the sauce, if you will. Um, I've never used that phrase before and I'm never going to use it again. Don't worry. But call them up. Call up your best friends. And see if you can find people who aren't friends with your ex. And, you know, have a good cry. Wallow. There's this episode of Gilmore Girls where Rory and Dean break up. And um, Lorelai is like, we need to wallow. I have everything ready so we can wallow. And she's like, I don't want to wallow. I don't need to wallow. And by the end of the episode, she finally breaks down. And she goes, I think it's time for me to wallow. And then they, like, have a good cry. So, you know. I'm going to give you a little advice here. I know you're going to want to get with your friends and drink a bunch of wine and get drunk. Maybe don't because alcohol is a depressant and you might feel worse. So have some tea or junk food or you watch sad movies or drink, like drink soda if you're really going to indulge. Soda is so bad for you. Now, there's something that happened to me that I found really helpful to get over like my puppy heartbreak which is something I probably should have done this last go around, was I did controlled mourning. I literally only let myself cry and feel these things and think about my ex during a certain time of day. Now, you can take a day off from work. You can take a day off from school. Take a mental health day. And you can spend that entire day wallowing. But going forward, you still have to get shit done. You are a badass bitch and you have responsibilities. So allow yourself, hey, like, I, I really want to think about him right now and how much I miss him and I just, I miss him. So-. No, you're working. Tell yourself after work. After work, I'll listen to really sad songs. Maybe I'll listen to Kelly Clarkson and I'll cry in my car. And, like, grip the steering wheel sobbing and screaming. That's fine. You can do that every day if you need to, but make sure it doesn't interfere with school and work because then when you get over the breakup, you're going to realize that your life is just a shitstorm of fucked up stuff happening because you ignored your responsibilities. Now, another way that people say to cope is write it or talk it out. Like I said, I wrote through my breakups. Man, oh man, did I write through them. If I didn't write about you, we didn't date. Take care of yourself. Now, don't become obsessive and don't get addicted to exercise like I did. But take care of yourself. Do a face mask. Take a bath. Diffuse essential oils. Burn some sage in your room and your apartment to get rid of the spirit of your ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. Do things you love. Do things that you lost track of while you were dating this person. You know, maybe you really loved yoga, but you didn't make time for yoga because your partner thought it was boring and stupid, so instead you did this and this and this. Do things you love again. Sing, dance, dance in your underwear. Listen, that helps me all the time. I dance when I'm really sad. I'll tell you this. When I'm really sad, I dance to Hips Don't Lie by Shakira in my underwear, and I swear, I I turn off the lights, and I dance in the dark, and I I am Shakira in that moment. Bake. Oh, I love to bake. I do stress baking. Like, I have specific recipes that I work on when I'm stressed out and baking. So stress bake. Wake and bake, if you will. Um, Bake a cake. Bake cookies. Give them to friends. Give them to family. Make it an act of kindness and giving back, because that will also make you feel better. Take up a hobby. If you want to learn to play guitar, be like, you know what? You know, I would always go on date night every Tuesday. Instead of doing date night, it is guitar night. You are going to play the hell out of that guitar. So can you survive this breakup? Absolutely. So another one that I really love is meditate, don't medicate. So that's avoiding using drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, and even some people say coffee. And resisting the urge to medicate with food because then if you gain weight, you're going to hate yourself for gaining weight through this breakup. So meditate, don't medicate. I will recommend you some meditation apps that I have on my phone. Let me look. Just one moment. The yoga studio has a really good one. There's Breathe. There's Calm. There's Headspace. There's Simple Habit. Simple Habit's my favorite. I pay for a yearly subscription. It is amazing. It changes my life. I set reminders on my phone to meditate twice a day. Get plenty of sleep. You can literally exercise your blues away. There's chemicals that are released in your brain when you exercise. So go to a spin class. Do Pilates. Like go to Zumba, if you will. Like do something. Lift some weights. Hell yeah. And another thing is allow yourself to feel these feelings. It happened. You went through a breakup. It sucks. You were so in love with this person. But if you're thinking, I'm never gonna love again, that was the person for me, oh my god, you're so wrong. So my sister, oh, she doesn't mind me talking about this. My sister went through this really bad breakup. The guy was a jerk. I hated him. I still hate him. I think he's awful. I think he never deserved to be with my sister. But I'm also like really protective of my sister. And I never liked the guy. And she went through this really bad breakup where she took a painting and it's so funny because I'm in my kitchen and I'm looking at a painting that she did of like a starry night and it's so funny to me because it's, it's, it's bad. But she took a painting, she took a knitting and she was, she was a, a bitch for a summer. And then what do you know? She's in a bar. She meets this guy. And they're dating. They live together. They have two cats together. They're going to get married. He is the best guy in the world. My parents met his parents. Our families love each other. They gave us Greek olives and honey and Greek olive oil. They're Greek. And he's amazing. And I bet she never thought, like, I'm never going to love again. I'm never going to have someone like him. But no, nah, man. She found someone way better. You will find someone way better. This loss was a learning experience. So accept it. And the really helpful thing to do is look at your relationship honestly and openly. What are the red flags? Where did you go wrong? Take ownership for things that happened. Did you have toxic behavior? Were you codependent? Did you cheat? Did he cheat? Look at the relationship. Figure it out and then focus on your best qualities. I want you, if you're going through a breakup right now or if you're going through a difficult time with a loved one, write down five about yourself that you have to offer the world it will help you restore value in yourself and internalize your self-worth and you know what you'll be able to be on your own again it's okay to do things alone go to the movies alone go to a concert alone I'm going to see my favorite band alone tomorrow I okay I can top that I'm going to Paris alone for my birthday I'm not waiting for someone to go with me. I'm just doing it. So, that is what I have for you today. I think it's really important to just. Okay, let's take a deep breath together. Ready? We can get through this. I can get through this. You can get through this. Breakups happen, it's a part of life. One day, maybe you'll find someone and you guys will never break up. Isn't that scary? Monogamy terrifying. (laughs) So I just want to thank you for listening to this podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, go give it a five-star rating. I appreciate it. And just remember that you will survive this. It might feel like this is awful, but there'll come a point in your life where you can sit down and literally write out the red flags of your relationship. Like that first boyfriend, ah, everything wrong with him. I know it. Every relationship I can look at it and see what I've learned and see what qualities of a partner I don't like and I don't fit with. And it helps me in dating in the future and right now. A little update on my love life. I am so uninterested in anyone. I've lost all interest and desire to be intimate and romantic with anyone. People like will try to hit on me and I'm just so bored by it. I just I want to be on my own. I feel good. I feel like I'm thriving. I'm 22 and I'm thriving. Sort of. Maybe. I'm just more comfortable in my own skin. I'm more comfortable being alone. It's great. And you'll get there too. So thanks for listening. Sending you light and love always.